This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. This is Joe. Hi, hello. Today's episode, I am excited to talk about one of my favorite forms of self-care, that is tarot. So I have entitled this episode Tarot and Tea Leaves because we're going to get a little mystical. We're going to get a little uh, granola. Is that what the kids say? <laughs> a little granola with it. And uh, we're just going to we're gonna dive in. We've got a beautiful combination of fiction, nonfiction. I'm going to throw some graphic novels in at the end. Uh, but before I make any of y'all wait any longer, joining me today is my tarot compatriot, Jill. I am so excited to talk about tarot, <laughs> Joe. I cannot wait. Also, <laughs> shout out to my teammate and work other half, Marissa, for this idea. She called it out a long time ago. She said, you and Jill need to do a tarot episode. So Marissa, this one goes out to you. <laughs> it's it's so It's so good mm-hmm. because tarot has come up on the podcast before. Yes. But I don't know if we've ever done a dedicated episode. I might have. At one maybe, point, but maybe, maybe with a tea sponsor. I don't. I don't remember. I think those were just witchy. I, okay, I was just. It was just witchy. Yeah, it was just witchy. So I probably threw some tarot in there. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I'm super pumped about this. Me too. So Joe and I have some titles for y'all today. If you are looking to try out reading on your own, if you are just looking for a good mystical fiction series or title, hopefully we've got the recs for you. And we may or may not also have some tarot decks at the ready, just in case the mood strikes. That is true, although I haven't actually decided which one. <laughs> so I do have like several tarot decks within hand's reach. I'm just mm-hmm. having it's gonna depend on my it's a vibe. It's a vibe. It, it is it is fully a vibe. I I actually think I've read you with the deck that I grabbed for today before. It's my mermaid tarot deck. Mm. I'm not a I'm not a mermaid person. Like that that's not my vibe, but this is the deck that speaks to me. Uh, nine out of 10 times. Uh, I'm sorry to the 50 decks sitting upstairs, completely dusty and untouched, but that's how it goes. When you find one that really speaks to you, you use it. If you uh, find one that doesn't, you gift it to a friend. <laughs> 100%. So before, before I dive into my first title, Jill, what got you into tarot? Uh, my therapist. So, um, my, my therapist, uh, would use, um, we we don't do it now because I'm virtual. Um, but when I was seeing her in person before the panini, I would use, um, she would have affirmator cards, which Mm -hmm. are the, they're more like Oracle, I guess is the best way to describe them. They're really cute and fun. Um, but she would have me pick an affirmator card, um, and sometimes there's like different decks. There's 
just like personal affirmation type stuff. They're very cheeky and I just, I love them. There's a work one, there's like a relationship one. And so she would just have me pick these, these affirmator cards. And every once in a while, probably more frequently than not, um, you know, I'd shuffle them, I'd pull the card and it would resonate with whatever we would had talked about in the, uh, in the, um, the session. And I was like, this is weird. And Mm -hmm. I just sort of like started to look into, um, those affirmator cards. And then when I was in Salem at one point, I was like, well, now I have to buy a tarot deck. And I think (laughs) I'd always been interested in tarot. Like I'm a Scorpio. Like we've had this conversation, Mm -hmm. um, like the occult is in our blood, but I had never, and I'd had my tarot cards read, like I paid to have my tarot cards read. Um, but it wasn't until, um, yeah, I was just like in Salem. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy a tarot deck. And so here we are several years later. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. Um, I, I think I had similar that it was, I mean, Jill and I, our birthdays are a day apart. We are, we are November Scorpios through and through the occult is in the blood. Um, a lot of a lot of inspiration. One of my favorite anime to watch growing up was Cardcaptor Sakura, which all of the cards that she uses are very heavily tarot inspired, which little me did not know. But, you know, as I grew up, I went, huh, how about that? Um, and I think with all of the episodes y'all have heard from me, my love of the supernatural is, is very present. Um, but I had an ex who really encouraged me to buy a deck and try it out. And um, while he wasn't good for me, the relationship with Tara was. <laughs> and that at one point turned into a, a I'm going to date myself here, a Tumblr where I would do readings for people online for free. And that, uh, that was a time in my life for sure. <laughs> I'm learning so much about you, Joe. I know. This is amazing. I'm, I'm really airing out my laundry here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> now, I think I know the answer to this one, um, but you have no problem buying decks for yourself, right? You're not one of the, oh, no. it has to be a gift. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I think I only have one deck of mine that has been a gift. No, I have two. That's not, that's true. I have two. Okay. Um, the rest I purchased for myself. I, mm. I have a problem with Kickstarter tarot decks and by problem, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I have to like it's yeah. really bad <laughs> absolutely um so I'm like currently waiting for two <laughs> Kickstarter tarot decks to arrive <laughs> um I just recently there's this gorgeous French tarot deck like mm. it's it's like the Raider White but it mm. is in French um I just said Raider White that's not what I meant you I flipped meant, you flipped those flipped vowels, vowels. <laughs> Anyway, the writer um, wait. <laughs> I did. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, but it's uh, it's gorgeous. But I don't speak French, and I had seen it. I think on Kickstarter a couple of years ago, and I was like, I can't buy it. I don't speak French. I mean, and like the minor arcana is fine. It's mostly right. pip cards, but like the major, I'm like, and just the art is not super intuitive. And sure. Then our coworker Sydney bought it and was flipping through the cards. And I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> Oh, I'm um, waiting for that one. <laughs> I, I might need the link to that because I do speak French. <laughs> I'll send it to you as soon as we're done. <laughs> it's just ve- like, yeah. It's very traditional. I mean, a lot of early tarot decks were just French or yeah. were a lot of French from major cards. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I uh, 
I am I am the the criminal that robs my bank account daily. I, I purchase all of mine myself. I don't know if I have a single gift tarot deck, maybe one. There might be one in there. Uh, but my kryptonite is Etsy. An mm. Etsy tarot deck will get me every time. Uh, and now Instagram targeted ads apparently has learned. <laughs> but they link out to Etsy. So <laughs> at the end go. of the day, same problem. But same anyway. Problem. Um, and then I guess I have to ask one final tarot question. I'm really stalling today, Jill. Fine. Uh, do you let people handle your decks? I do. I also know the answer to this, <laughs> but for our listeners, you do. I do as well. Um, so for those of you who aren't familiar, part of the reason I asked if you ever purchase for yourself or if you let others touch uh, your tarot decks, there is a whole kind of camp and uh, I he- hesitate to say superstition, but there's a whole camp of practitioners who do not believe another person, but you should touch your tarot deck. Um, they also believe that you should never buy a deck for yourself. Um, so I just wanted to put our our info on that on blast, as the kids yep. say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm hanging on to my youth. I'm screaming down the the neck to my 30s. So I'm I'm gonna stay as young and trendy as I can for the next mm, seven months, eight months. <laughs> Good luck with that. I'll try. Uh, so Jill, I'll, I'll yeah. start us off. My okay. first title is a nonfiction title, and this was actually. Uh, the book that was recommended to me when I started. This is Kitchen Table Tarot by Melissa Sinova. And uh, the quote on the front of the book is, is kind of perfect. It says, pull up a chair, shuffle the cards, and let's talk tarot. So learn to read with your own voice and get the answers to all of your questions. For years, Melissa has been sitting down with friends and neighbors who are curious about the tarot. She's heard all the questions and misconceptions that can confuse newcomers and sometimes more experienced readers too. Kitchen Table Tarot was written as a guide for anyone looking for no-nonsense lessons with a warm, friendly, and knowledgeable teacher. Uh, So you can join Melissa as she shares straightforward guidance on decks, spreads, card meetings, and symbols, and it's filled with real-life examples, personal explanations of what it's like to read, and it really just kind of tells you like it is, and it provides the information you need to read with confidence. Um, the the name kind of says it all, Kitchen Table Tarot, and it kind of takes my approach to reading that you're just sitting down. This is a part of the conversation you were already having and not so much pomp and circumstance. So this was really helpful for me to kind of get some info and really meet the cards. Um, and there's a quote here from Amber Unmasked I wanted to provide. This book is a major asset to anyone curious about tarot. Reading Kitchen Table Tarot genuinely feels like sitting down with her and getting a whole workshop series delivered one-to-one. So good place to start and it's pretty comfortable. Yeah. Um, that, that's, I think I've heard you mention that before and it's definitely mm-hmm. one that's been on my, my list to, to check out. Um, my first one is The Ultimate Guide to Tarot Card Meeting meetings by Bridget Ethelmont from Biddy Tarot. Um, I love this book. It's a big book, y'all. It's a big book. Got it right here. It's big. I got like paper, like bookmarks in it. <laughs> but oh, love it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So when I bought my first tarot deck, it is not a um a standard writer weight. Um, I went based on the art, which I don't it, it's tricky when it comes to your first tarot deck because you want to be able to connect with it. And I did with the art. I don't particularly like 
the writer weight standard art. And but also there are meetings there that don't always show up in other tarot decks. And so when I started reading tarot deck tarot with this this first deck, I was just like, I don't know if this is really, I'm not sure about this because it's overwhelming. And I started doing Google searches um, for helping with the cards. I mean, like the deck came with like one of those little white notebooks, but it, it's just like a couple lines and um the Biddy Tarot website was super helpful in helping me understand the cards. And so I ended up buying her book and it's so thorough. I love everything about it. I love Biddy Tarot, um, the website and the book. You, it's just, it's, it's very thorough is the best way I can describe it, but not in a overwhelming way. It's very approachable. She has, um, you know, tarot card meanings based on Rider Waite. Um, but she also has her own deck, which is not really like Rider Waite, which I kind of love. <laughs> uh, but she goes into card meetings of upright or in reversal. She gives you um, keywords to kind of help with that. She kind of breaks down the, the numeracy of the cards as sort of a cheat sheet to help you remember what are she talks about what the different suits, the, um, the cups, swords, uh, pentacles and, uh, wands mean and how you can kind of connect though. I mean, I just love this resource. I still sometimes refer to it because she, she does combinations too, which is really fun. Um, sometimes if you pull like a spread of multiple cards and you get a combination, sometimes I check just cause I'm like, I'm not sure, but also I kind of check like as a spot check for myself, I'm like, if I'm like, I think this is what this means or could potentially mean. And I sort of like looking at her book to see if I'm maybe on the right track. Cause I think that's sort of the thing with tarot that I found is that yes, there is a sort of general meaning for each of the cards, but part of it is all about your own interpretation and I like having different resources to kind of pull from to help my own intuition of what the cards mean. But the the ultimate guide to tarot guard meanings, um, this book was and still is probably like my main book for oh, <laughs> tarot yeah. card meanings. Absolutely. I love Biddy Tarot. I think I... Uh, pretty much every time I read, I have the website pulled up on my phone. Um, it is also a perfect book, especially if like, it depends on what your overall goal is with tarot, just to wax poetic for a second here. Like for those of us that it is an intuition thing that you're using a little more on your intuitive side compared to card meanings um, or vice versa, like guidebooks like this can be really helpful, but maybe you just want something to study. Maybe you want mm -hmm. to introduce yourself to the cards and like have a, a new connection in that way. And it's a really cool way to be able to do that. So a guidebook that actually breaks down their meanings like you said, in a way that isn't, it's not like you're reading a term paper on each card. You're, you're just getting like. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. And as I'm flipping through, I forgot she has from just, just from authors, from philosophers, from artists that kind of fit with a card. And she also has journal prompts, which I think is helpful too. Um, if you are sort of using tarot as more for self-reflection than anything else. Um, now here's my question for you. Do you read reversals? I do. See, I, I 
Really? Mm-hmm. I don't. I I think when I started, I was a little more strict on them. But now when I flip a card, uh, if it's reversed, I'll look at the reversed first. And if that doesn't fit with what I'm getting from the person or from the conversation that the cards are having, um, because Jill, you know, my standard is a three card spread. I don't like mm-hmm. to work too hard. I just want three cards to look at in front of me. I got everything I need right there. Um, if that reverse doesn't fit, I will look at another meaning. Um, but also if a card comes right side up and the energy is reversed energy, I'm going to pull that because the card the card means both things, no matter which direction it's in. So I guess my answer is probably no, I don't read <laughs> <laughs> it's it's how as I'm as I'm describing it to you, it sounds like the answer is no, I don't read reversed traditionally, but I do include the meaning if it's fitting. That's why I don't, because I have found that regardless of if it's upright or like if it's upright, mm-hmm. but if that's the meaning that I'm supposed to take from it, to me it seems to come through regardless On its own. of the orientation of the card. Yeah. So I don't yeah. so if I reverse, I just flip it. Um because I have found that I can, yeah. You can kind of suss it out on your own. That totally makes sense. So uh, my next book, uh, this is a fiction title and it's an older one for y'all. It's from 1973, but it comes up quite often when you are looking for tarot in fiction. And this is The Castle of Crossed Destinies by Italo Calvino. And this is originally published in Italian and then translated so keep that in mind while you're reading. But a group of travelers chance to meet, first in a castle, then a tavern. Their powers of speech are magically taken from them, and instead they only have tarot cards with which to tell their stories. What follows is an exquisite interlinking of narratives and a fantastic surreal and chaotic history of human consciousness. So basically this was originally written in kind of two parts um, and it follows this group of travelers who are inexplicably unable to speak after passing through a forest and they recount their tales overall. Um, The first part uh, uses the Visconti pack of tarot and then the second part uses the tarot of Marseille. Uh, So we've both described Rider Waite, and these are more so reading styles, but sometimes you'll also see different art styles or card constructions. And uh, basically this novel kind of is an exploration of meaning, Um, whether it's from words or kind of intuition, we kind of take meaning from different parts of our lives. And that's what this this is kind of like looking at uh, since the characters can't speak with each other, um, just kind of by images. So yeah, um, it's multi-layered it's got lots of interpretations and readings uh, just like tarot cards um so my next one is um this tarot by Bakara Wintner I love this book so much it is also a guidebook but the way she describes the cards is okay here's here's the best example of trying to like sum up this book um she takes so I guess we should say when you are dealing with tarot, it is a deck of 78 cards. There are uh, 22 that are the major arcana. Then you have um, this, the four suits and you have cards, which is uh, page, knight, queen, and king. Sometimes they will show up um, as maybe like mother daughter that's not in order at all but like daughter son mother father so there's some flexibility in there um but for 
her in WTF is Tara, when she describes the court cards, she describes them as different families based on the suit. And then she gives personalities to them. Um, so let me just sort of, I was prepared for this. Uh, let's see. I feel like, I think it's the pentacles. One of them she describes as like, like the hippie family. <laughs> That I could totally see as pentacles, maybe even cups. I think the pentacles is the, or at least the mom might be like a the hippie mom, but um, like the son of pentacles is the nerd. The mother of pentacles is the earth goddess. Um, in the cups, the daughter of cups is the space cadet. Um, she <laughs> describes, I think the um, one of I think it's in the ones. Yeah, the Son of Wands or the Knight of Wands is the um, fuck boy, which <laughs> yep. is accurate. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, <laughs> um, and I just, uh, it, it really, <laughs> mm-hmm. you sort of like look at the, I feel like court cards can be difficult sometimes for people to interpret. I have trouble with the court cards. Same. And, um, sort of describing them as his family like she gives them a house she gives them a whole world and personality as a collection of four cards in the same suit and um so her whole book is like that and with just sort of describing these cards in really interesting ways um that i i have not come across in other books um and it's sort of the same way with Biddy Tarot there are there are quotes for each of the cards with the card meaning there's kind of um keywords she uses anecdotes from her own life to kind of give um context a little bit um I I love this this book so much that um she designed which is the way home tarot and it is uh the art is not at all Rider Waite Smith. Like it is totally off on its own. But this is the first deck when I saw it. Like I intuitively could read it without needing any other yeah. context. It's so interesting how that happens with certain decks where the art can be totally not at all connected to anything mm-hmm. you have traditionally learned about tarot. But as soon as you look at it, I'm like, oh, this makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I, I love that. I, I will be, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to borrow it. I'm going to buy it uh, because I love those descriptors. The, the thing I want to express to those of our listeners who once again, aren't familiar with tarot is like, it's not just about this card means this. It's actually about dissecting the images on the card. So um, having the ability to personify these cards that that you know that the uh, the daughter of cups is the space cadet she's out there like the thought of that is super helpful because you can put um perspective to it where so many of the cards you know that go from ace to 10 are usually more about the actual item themselves uh on the card when you have people again that's where it gets tricky like it's the same thing with the the major arcana um those make sense because those represent like large concepts like the wheel of fortune whereas if you're just looking at a pile of sticks in the road you have to decide what that means to you so super helpful and those sound like really interesting descriptions are a really cool way to 
um, gain a new perspective and any deck that you can immediately pick up and go, I know what this means. The person has done the right thing. For sure. I'm trying to find, see if I can quickly find it in the deck. Um, the, I'm sure you are very familiar with the traditional death card with mm-hmm. death on, you know, on, a, horseback. Uh, on horseback, trampling over somebody, carrying <laughs> <laughs> yes. a, a flag. Um, and her, watch it be like the last card in this entire deck. That would be my luck, wouldn't Just it? Just flip it over. Not, it's close. It's close. I'm going to hold this up and describe it to. Um... Oh. There we go. Okay. So in oh, wow. the Way Home Tarot, it's like a little deer, I think, mm-hmm. or um, I think it's a deer, uh, dead, sadly, um, kind of like stomach torn open and it's like bleeding into the ground which you're like um okay but if you understand (laughs) right (laughs) because death is not necessarily literal death and while that's kind of represented here death is sort of also transformation and so this is sort of like yes this poor little deer has died but it is giving itself to the earth to like be to to feed to to feed the earth and like create new life from it um and so this is it again this is not at all a deck that fits what you know, but you can pull the meaning from it all the same because of her interpretations, which I, I think is it's why, beautiful. I think this is why I love this deck so much because these interpretations make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, fun times. No, I, I love that. That is, that is beautiful. And once you pulled that one, I was like, oh, I have seen this deck before. You're absolutely correct. You might've it might have come to work. It might have. It did come to work. Okay. <laughs> it, it has. It has been at work. Yes. Like maybe that's where I've seen it. Yeah. Um, as as people who have bought from Kickstarters and Etsy shops, uh, we speak from experience. When like sometimes you'll get a deck that you go, "Oh, this person just drew some pretty images and didn't know what they were doing as well," because. On, on the one side, where non traditional tends to be something I love, where they're not just taking the Rider Waite themes and translating it into their art style. I love when it's, when it doesn't super, when it doesn't super match, like the death card you just described. Uh, There are some people who just put images on paper. (laughs) I feel that way. I guess it's actually, it's a good question. I was thinking about this when I was looking at our titles and like thinking about this episode. Mm when you read books and it happens in movies and television too, when you, and there's like a a sequence of tarot cards, Uh you can tell. (laughs) Always. You can tell who is done even. Even a touch of research. (laughs) Touch of research into tarot cards before throwing them into a scene. (laughs) Yeah. Like every time they pull the death card and they're like, Oh, I'm going to die. No, if you want that, pull the devil, like, or something dramatic like that. Give them the 10 of swords. Like, come on. (laughs) Yeah. You pull the three swords and they're like, your relationship is in a great spot right now. I'm like, okay. Nope. Uh, That would be two of cups, but thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. You can always tell. Right. Uh, (laughs) So my next title is the city of lost fortunes by Brian camp. This is a contemporary fantasy set in New Orleans following Jude, who is a man with talent. Jude can locate anything that has been lost, but after Katrina hits, his talent becomes a curse and he finds himself on the edge of madness. So post-Katrina New Orleans is a place haunted by its history and the hurricane's destruction. Street magician 
Jude Dubisson is likewise burdened by his past and by the storm because his secret magical ability to find lost things um, has been passed on to him by the father he has never known. But as mentioned before, not quite working right, or it's, you know, really driving him to the brink here. So Jude has been lying low since the storm, which caused so many things to be lost that it played havoc with his magic. Uh, But his retirement ends abruptly when the fortune god of New Orleans is murdered and Jude is drawn back into the world he tried so desperately to leave. So a world full of magic, monsters, and miracles, a world where he must find out who is responsible for the fortune god's death. Um, This all is to uncover the plot that threatens the city's soul and discover what his talent has always been trying to show him, what it means to be his father's son. So this kind of, yeah. (laughs) Uh, yes, please. <laughs> uh, this hits the like mythology mark. It's that, you know, my favorite realm of this is the real world, but not. It's a really fun read. And uh, I wish there was more. Very pretty. Yeah, the cover is very pretty too. Very pretty. That's where the kind of tarot inspiration clearly shows. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. My next one is The Book of Speculation by Erica Swyler. I think this is one of the first books I read after starting at Overdrive. <laughs> Just it like came around out like a right, right after I, you know, like around that time. And so this is about Simon Watson. Simon is a young librarian. He lives alone in a house that is slowly crumbling toward the Long Island Sound. His parents are long dead. His mother, a circus mermaid, who made her living by holding her breath, drowned in the very water his house overlooks. His younger sister, Enola, ran off six years ago and now reads tarot cards for a traveling carnival. One June day, an old book arrives on Simon's doorstep sent by an antiquarian bookseller who purchased it on speculation. Fragile and water damaged, the book is a log from the owner of a traveling carnival in the 1700s who reports strange and magical things, including the drowning death of a circus mermaid. Since then, Generations of mermaids in Simon's family have drowned, always on July 24th, which is only a few weeks away. As his friend Alice looks on with alarm, Simon becomes increasingly worried about his sister. Could there be a curse on his family? What does it have to do with the book? And can he get to the heart of the mystery in time to save his sister? This book was just love I, I just loved this book I love books about books who doesn't mm-hmm. uh Circus Mermaid thank you yes um <laughs> you know you have like family saga going back several generations trying to sort of solve that kind of mystery of who we are and how we got here um so I just I loved this book and yes the sister is a tarot card reader for a traveling carnival I think it's my turn to say yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) I would very much like to read that. And the moment you said, oh, one of the first books I read at Overdrive, it's about a librarian. I went, ah, yes, that makes sense. (laughs) Right. I know. I think, (laughs) I don't, yeah, I don't remember how I came across it, but I feel like our coworker, Rachel, had written maybe a a blog post, like review of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, oh, okay. I'm going to need this book, please. (laughs) Yes. And borrow. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. So my next title, and Jill, this is where I implore you to uh, look up the cover for this one, because 
fits the theme a little too on the nose. This is Andromeda Klein by Frank Portman. Her hair is kind of horrible. Her partner in occultism, Daisy, is dead. Her secret, estranged, much older, and forbidden boyfriend, in theory, has gone AWOL. And her mother has learned how to text. Now, this book is from 2009, so uh, for those of us who were living this terror, it was scarier then than it is now. Uh, Unfortunately, kids today will never know the the joy of when parents couldn't text. Uh, In short, things couldn't get much worse. Until they do. Daisy seems to be attempting to make contact from beyond. Books are starting to disappear from the library. And then, strangely and suddenly, Andromeda's tarot readings are beginning to predict events with bizarrely literal accuracy. Omens are everywhere. Dreams, swords, fires, hidden cards, lost, broken, and dead cell phones. And what is Daisy trying to tell her? In the ensuing struggle of neutral versus evil, it's Andromeda Klein against the world, modern society, demonic forces, and the friends of the library. Uh, uh, speaking <laughs> of the three of swords, like who puts the three of swords on the cover of a book? Yep. <laughs> I mean, the moment you said it, I was like, ah, yes, just you wait, just you wait. <laughs> I I love uh, that this is like, the craft energy is abundant here. Um, the cover of the book is she's hollowed out a book to hide her tarot cards in. And the one on the top is the three of swords, which I guess, should we give a meaning for the three of swords now? It, it, okay. Like to describe the card, that's way to probably describe the card, which is sure. you have three swords piercing a heart. <laughs> There's sometimes blood dripping from the heart um like clouds in the background because it's a storm like it's not a good card y'all it is not a good card and this is the card that I judge just about every deck by because while I while I have said that I will accept you know any sort of interpretation if the three of swords is not a heart with three with three swords through it I I'm not gonna buy it like or I'm not gonna trust it this is the the one card that for me can't really change that's 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 fair i judge by the ten of swords so you know that's the same kind of energy i think of like very i'm very attracted to maybe it's a scorpio in me i'm very attracted to like those kinds of cards like the ten of swords the three of swords the tower yes (laughs) favorite (laughs) i i suppose i yeah i should say i mean (laughs) uh, i aim for the art of this one this Mm -hmm. is the one that I am picky on like it has to look like it has to look this way that's fair energy wise if if it looks this way the energy should be right but yes if I'm checking the rest of it this is my like you know when you're looking at a an article to make sure the sources are good and the moment the moment you see like the strange one you're like Oh, this is my easy, like, first pass check. The, the rest of those, yeah, I, I tend to look at, like, the Ten of Swords and the Ten of Wands. That's my other, like, mm. solid oh, check. Um, but yeah. from Biddy Taro herself, uh, the Three of Swords, upright, means heartbreak, emotional pain, sorrow, grief, and hurt. And then reversed, for those of you who read inverted, uh, negative self-talk, releasing pain, optimism, and forgiveness. So interesting meanings there and i wonder if both sides of the coin will play out in this title hmm. I, I imagine i imagine <laughs> if it's written right <laughs> if it's written right that's right i mean very... no spoilers from me i'm just recommending y'all read it 
if you need some angsty teen energy, this is a fun way to do it. And who doesn't need angsty teen energy? Mm-hmm. Um, my next one is The Death of Mrs. Westaway by Ruth Ware. So this is for those of you who are mystery readers and looking for um, something along that line. Um, I love Ruth Ware. Uh, she tends to write um, mysteries that are very similar to, they're like closed door mysteries that are similar to Agatha Christie. And this is um, no exception. So on a day that begins like any other, Hal receives a mysterious letter bequeathing her a substantial inheritance. She realizes very quickly that the letter was sent to the wrong person, but also that the cold reading skills she's home card reader might help her claim the money. Soon Hal finds herself at the funeral of the deceased where it dawns on her that there is something very, very wrong about this strange situation and the inheritance at the center of it. I love again I said I love um Ruth Ware's books and this was no different so Hal works um sort of on like a boardwalk as a tarot card reader she learned it I think it was from her mother um and yeah she just receives this letter that's like you are due this inheritance from this family that you've never met before and she's like I don't think that's right but also I need money <laughs> so she goes and it's in this big old house and um it's that like, you know, gothic horror feel. And she's trying to figure out the, if there is a connection to her, like, was it a mistake? Um, it, it, I like all of Ruth's books. Uh, this is a delightful read. It's a delightful read. If you, if you're into those gothic horror mystery type things with tarot. I love Ruth Ware. She is right? so much fun to read. I, I don't know. Her books are just, they're so, they're just a fun read. Mm-hmm. They're you know, I don't want to say they're like fast, but they're kind of fast. Like they're well-paced I find. Um, and I, again, I love Agatha Christie type like style of books and she has done a good job of sort of continuing, um, that tradition and yeah. It also uh, reminded me a little bit of the book I gave on the pod to wrap up last year, uh, The Moon, the Stars, and Madame Barova. This is kind of like the the foil to that, the murder mystery foil of that. Yeah. And another tarot-centric book uh, that I couldn't include because I've already talked about it, but ha <laughs> shout out. <laughs> I wondered about that. And I was like, oh yeah, you did mention that previously. Uh-huh. As for its tarot, so that's probably why it's not on your list. Definitely. <laughs> definitely why it wasn't there but you gave me the perfect intro and we're gonna continue with like a great string here because I am now going to give you my mystery title uh this is the white magic five and dime by Steve Hawkinsmith it's more along the lines of like a cozy mystery which I'm a fan of murder she wrote so you know I love a a cozy mystery uh but this is like I said the white magic five and dime by Steve Hawkinsmith And much to Alanis McLaughlin's surprise, her estranged con woman mother has left her an inheritance, the white magic five and dime, a shop in tiny Berdachi, Arizona. Reluctantly traveling to Berdachi to claim her new property, Alanis decides to stay and pick up her mother's tarot business in an attempt to find out how she died. With help from a hunky cop and her mother's live-in teenage apprentice, Alanis begins faking her way through tarot readings in order to win the confidence of her mother's clients. But the more she uses the tarot deck, the more Alanis begins to find real meaning in the cards and the secrets surrounding her mother's demise. 
who doesn't who doesn't need a fun one <laughs> uh yes it's, i yeah i think yeah there's something about like it's like two books back to back where there's like a mother involved and tarot right. cards and hmm. yeah, interesting Could this be a theme perhaps uh. <laughs> um now for something completely different my next one is uh the dark tower series starting with the gunslinger by stephen king um which if you are at all familiar with stephen king and the dark tower um we have roland he is the last gunslinger this is a very long series of roland traversing like lots of books <laughs> But in The Gunslinger, there is a um, series, uh, there's a, a section, a scene with tarot cards, or uh, they're not, I feel like they're Stephen King's interpretation of tarot cards within the context of the Dark Tower universe, because um, it, it it has cards like um, The Prisoner and, um, oh, I can't remember the other, so they're not exactly a direct, like, one-to-one, but you can probably figure out what he's talking about um and it's surprising i don't think there's that many stephen king books that use tarot and that somewhat shocks me because i feel like that would be a a natural that feels kind of like a vibe he would dive right into i feel like it would be a like a, a vibe that would he would be all about Right, like Pet Cemetery, they go to the small town psychic to figure out what is going on. Like, yeah. even if it's just a plot device, I'm surprised no. there's not more tarot in Stephen King. I I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, so yeah, there's just like there's a there's a sequence where the man in black has sort of described uses tarot to discuss, you know, sort of share the the gunslinger's fate, um, which is again i feel like that would be that would come up often but it does not in stephen king i feel like um i think his his one fantasy book the eye of the dragon might be the only other one that discusses tarot so missed opportunity mr king fully missed opportunity a lot steven. you could do <laughs> you know what i will say so i i'm sure you potentially do this as well i don't know but like mm-hmm. i have in my mind like if I were to design a tarot deck, like what? Of course. Okay. So I have, I have two, I have one, I have drawings, partial drawings for like a Mad Men themes tarot deck. Love but, that. <laughs> but when I, it comes to, um, to just like general readings or sort of how I think of the cards, I use a lot of pop culture references because that's how mm-hmm. my brain works. And whenever I think of the nine of swords, which is all about like the nightmares i'm like oh that's pennywise pennywise is 100 percent the knight of swords don't Absolutely. tell me he's not he it like personalizes for each person i mean like it's it's so obvious to me that pennywise is my knight of swords huh. so uh hmm, a horror a, a pop horror tarot deck perhaps i mean i have like uh, uh, i mean i have like the uh the six of wands is my survivor card right mm-hmm. because you're like like survivor so it's our the sydney TV prescott show. oh oh <laughs> i was survivor thinking final the girl TV. no i'll that's switch fair. my brain no, no, yeah. no. The, but it's the same idea of like um you know there are torches you have your torch you're so close to winning but you're not yeah. there yet um the seven of cups is uh my in, in indiana jones because of that last scene in um <laughs> 
<laughs> in the last crusade like don't yep. let the pretty cup do i love that i love that idea and i don't right now i'm challenging myself to meet the cards kind of all over again and maybe part of my exercise in that will be just kind of drawing my own interpretation of the cards that i'm looking at we'll see had, we'll see what happens it's it's been helpful i think because you know again there's a traditional meaning, but so much of it is just sort of what you bring to it and what you see and um, using that rather than trying to memorize somebody else's interpretation. And again, if you read a lot of guidebooks, Mm -hmm. everyone's is a little bit different. So um, I keep a notebook with my interpretations, just little keywords to help me. I think that's super important. Super important to figure out your own path uh, in tarot just as much as in life. Look at that. We're getting philosophical on the pod today. Love it. Love it. <laughs> so my last title, and then I have two shout outs. Uh, this is where I'm, I'm shoehorning in the tea leaves. This is A Magic Steeped in Poison by Judy I. Lynn. So for my last one, I have a debut novel, which is listed as the first in a duology, which I believe should be called a duet. Um, I don't know why, but the word duology has made me angry uh, <laughs> and I think it needs to be rebranded. Uh, but this is great for fra- for fans of Adrian Young and Lee Bardugo. So this is once again, A Magic Steeped in Poison by Judy I. Lynn. I used to look at my hands with pride. Now all I can think is these are the hands that buried my mother. For Ning, the only thing worse than losing her mother is knowing that it's her own fault. She was the one who unknowingly brewed the poison tea that killed her, the poison tea that now threatens to also take her sister's shoe. When Ning hears of a competition to find the kingdom's greatest Shenong Shi, masters of the ancient and magical art of tea making, also sorry on any pronunciation, she travels to the imperial city to compete. The winner will receive a favor from the princess, which may be Ning's only chance to save her sister's life. But between the backstabbing competitors, bloody court politics, and a mysterious and handsome boy with a shocking secret, Ning might actually be the one in danger. So this title just came out at the end of March 2022, and the second book in the duology will come out August 23rd of this year. So if you fall in love with the first one like I did, you won't have to wait long for the story to be complete. That sounds really good. I'm going to have to check that out immediately. And since Emma's not here, I'll say it. The cover is beautiful. It, it is very like Artist Alley vibes to me. It's very, you went to the convention and you're oh. checking out the merch. Um, but it's, I think it's beautiful. It's kind of got like watercolor elements or just like very light illustrative elements. And uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it like just came out just Yeah. Now. Oh, like fresh, like March 28th or 29th. <laughs> okay. Because I'm yeah. like, I feel like I have seen this recently and that would explain why it has probably yes. been on like Instagram or TikTok or Twitter are all of them because that looks probably. very familiar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe I won't be checking it out right now, but we'll be putting it on hold and that's okay. <laughs> yes. We're, we're going to, I'm on the hold list. I have no problem uh, with anyone who has to wait for it. It is brand new. Yeah. <laughs> Like fresh, 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 fresh. I know. I was like looking at that release date. I was like, oh, that's like last week. Huh? Yeah, like a few days ago. Got <laughs> Pretty it. Pretty sure it was like Friday. It, yeah. And today is Monday. So good luck, y'all. 
Yeah. Good luck, y'all. Good luck, y'all. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I just have one quick little thing, which I know cool. is a book you also have um, mm-hmm. because we, we talked about it. It yes. is Tarot and Tequila by David uh, A. Ross. Mm-hmm. It is part um, card guidebook with descriptions and all that. And it is also part cocktail book, <laughs> cocktail cookbook with cocktails, tequila-based cocktails based on some of the different cards in um, in the tarot. And oh, just, absolutely. It is delightful. It is a delightful read because you got, you can just like make a cocktail to drink while you're reading all of these card huh? descriptions. If you are someone who likes to imbibe a bit, or most of these I say could be made uh, non-alcoholic or yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of great fake tequilas out there now yeah. um if you want to include your exploration of the tarot maybe in the afternoon or evening i think jill and i would have a drink in hand for this recording if it weren't 10 a.m on a monday um i mean no judgment but it's not our journey today uh but it is so much fun i got this as a christmas gift and immediately texted a picture of it to jill and she said i'm waiting for mine to arrive yep uh it's a lot of fun. Well, and then it got lost. Did I tell you this part? When I mine think got maybe. Lost, <laughs> I, it, yeah, yes. I had pre, or I like ordered it and um, was waiting for it to arrive and it got lost in the mail mm-hmm. and never arrived or at least did not arrive for a while. And so I got a refund and then like, a few weeks later, I got a notification that it was out for delivery. <laughs> so the mail system found it again, but I'd already gotten my refund. So I basically got it for free. Um, sometimes that happens. Sometimes and that happens. And I that's... guess it's not all tequila. It's mostly tequila, but there's some rum in here. Um, mm-hmm. Some other things, but. It's also, a, it's also a fun way to have a night with friends. If you're all feeling a little witchy. Yes, that is true. Yeah. Make some drinks, give some readings, pull out some cards. There you go. I love it. There you go. I love it. Uh, So I wanted to quick call out to manga in a section I'm calling manga mention. I'm saying that like I'm making it a thing. This probably won't be a thing, but if I can, I'll do it. Uh, I am trying to pull my nerdiness into the pod in this way. Um, But I wanted to pull up two manga that focus around tarot cards or use them as inspiration. The first one is wildly popular and I have recently just got into watching. And this is, uh, so the first is the Stardust Crusaders part of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure by Hirohiko Araki, uh, which there's not enough time in the world to explain what Jojo's Bizarre Adventure is, but the TLDR of Jojo is family has mystical powers that they have to use to fight evil ancient evil resurfaces new powers resurface Uh, but basically the ways their powers manifest in this story arc uh, is what are called stands which are basically basically mystical spirits that live within them that come out to fight evil with and all of the stands in this arc are tarot inspired or have tarot cards in their name. Um, So like uh, some of the names include uh, Hierophant Green, Tower of Grey, Hermit Purple. They're just pulling the major arcana to give inspiration. Uh, If you also are a lover of music of all types or like classic rock, Jojo 
does this beautiful thing where they name the majority of characters that aren't main characters that are like main side characters uh, with musicians' names. Like this arc includes Enya the Hag, Steely Dan, just straight up Steely Dan. Um, And then there's a woman named Midler, you know. Uh, But in one of the other, I mean, like, yeah, uh, I think in one of the first, in the first arc, there's Robert EO Speedwagon. Uh, yeah. So if you, if you like a good, good jokey thing all along, that's great. And, uh, the Stardust Crusader arc is kind of standalone. So if you just wanted to see the tarot inspiration, fun way to do that. Um, it is teen plus it's a little graphic, uh, in the, the violence end of things. Uh, and then the other series I wanted to call out is the Tarot Cafe by Sang Sun Park. And basically, this is about Pamela, the owner of the Tarot Cafe. What she offers on the menu isn't always a treat for her customers. Pamela is also a local clairvoyant who caters to an elite clientele that frequents the cafe for more than just tea. Vampires, fairies, and other creatures that live among humans come to learn of their future from the predictions of this young woman. (laughs) That was amazing. (laughs) Thank you. I don't know if I've ever read manga before, but this might Mm -hmm. get me into it. I think the Tarot Cafe is a good place to start. It's um, it's a, a light, fun interpretation. It's got kind of those 90 occult TV show vibes. Mm. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. And I think stories like this are a good way that um, JoJo's is that like, you like action, fighting, yeah. mysticism. There's your one half. If you just kind of want to, uh, monster of the week tarot cafe is your other option so worth a shot sounds good sounds good that was a lot of books that was a that was a lot of books especially when we both snuck three in at the end some other references inside uh, uh, jill how do we close out this episode i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i uh, mean uh, yeah if you're yeah. interested in tarot there's there are resources There's abound. Resources. Yeah. 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 Jill and I mentioned what three, four different guides that we've enjoyed if we're counting tarot and tequila in that as well. Um, it's a great way to meet. It's a great way to meet your majors. Um, but while I was looking at some of the other things that are just available in Libby from overdrive, there are so many different guidebooks out there. You have, options left right and center uh so if you are looking for more of the nonfiction, you can check out any of those if you're looking for a new story try out some of our recommendations from today and if you want to engage with us and talk about tarot of course you can always reach us on twitter instagram and tiktok at pro book nerds our website is professionalbooknerds.com and you can send us an email at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. If you want to talk tarot, Jill and I will check the inbox. So feel free to send something our way. Maybe let us know what your first tarot deck was. Uh, I would love to hear that personally. Honestly, I would love to know like everyone's tarot decks because Mm -hmm. I don't need more, but you know. (laughs) I don't need more, but I am greedy. (laughs) I'll buy more. (laughs) Exactly. I need them, but I'll buy them. They can live with the others in my home. Don't worry. They have a spot. There's a spot. So yes, email us your first or your favorite or both. Uh, Let us know. We would love to hear more. And if you are interested in this, 
uh, or if you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to rate and review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, You can also do that on Spotify. Let us know what you liked. We would love to see some five-star ratings popping up for the show. Now, I think that's a great place to wrap up. So thank you all so much for listening today. Jill, thank you for talking tarot with me. Anytime, Joe, quite literally, you know that. (laughs) Okay, well, listeners, be ready. If you want a Monday episode where we just do readings, uh, let us know. (laughs) Send that email, (laughs) professionalbooknerdsinoverdrive.com. Well, thank you all so much for listening and happy reading. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on Overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen Podcasts, visit evergreenpodcast.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer, Jill Grunewald, and Joe Skelly and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Hi there. I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardknowpodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard note.